0: Hey Bill, real quick, did you see, did you see the news about the um uh, the remember the sports podcast thing that we were in the running for?
1: Oh, oh, the, the winners come out like tomorrow or this week, right?
0: That's right, tomorrow, one PM Eastern Time. <laughs>
1: well, I think we have at least two votes, me and you. <laughs> I did, I voted. <laughs>
0: I didn't, vote, I, didn't vote, I didn't vote for us,
1: though. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's it. Uh, I need not do co-host. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I voted for us. We get the best gets. We're the only format that is live huh. where you can interact directly and ask questions, hands down.
1: That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That was the pitch for us to win the uh, the Tony or whatever that award is. <laughs> <laughs> It is U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live time. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, Tonight on the show, we have USA Women's Interim Head Coach Richard Ashfield and Summer Harris-Jones is joining us as well, who recently earned her first 15s cap over in Europe. If you're not already following us, please do so at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning to get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more. If you are listening to this show as a podcast later on, please do us a favor and subscribe subscribe allow notifications to get pinged uh, when a new episode is available and please uh, don't be afraid to leave us a five-star rating um, very nicely if you can do that i am bill baker of eagles overseas and with me is rugby mornings john fitzpatrick hey fitzy
0: hey bill good evening everybody
1: it is it is a good evening it's been a a, a decent week you know, uh we, we have some good stuff to talk about tonight with our our subjects with our subjects <laughs> with our guests. But you know, one one thing we'll be talking about later in a little bit in the first half is um you must be excited about the PR 7s finals coming to D C.
0: Yeah, right in, my, <laughs> right in my backyard. You know it's really funny. My uh the the co host my co host of the Glorious Rugby podcast that I do weekly. Yeah. Short plug, it's about old glory DC. He had gotten an email from Ticketmaster last week that said, hey, do you have your tickets yet for the PR7's final in D.C. <laughs> before the news came out?
1: <laughs> before it came out. That's awesome. <laughs> Oops. Well, you know, all those extra fees Ticketmaster's charging is uh, for that kind of thing, too, ahead of the actual
0: announcement. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, he owes Ticketmaster a dollar for just opening the email. It's
1: crazy. <laughs>
0: They'll get you on this That's keys. awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you know one thing we haven't talked about in a while, and we should get this out of the way before we move on to our first guest. Um, well, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about the Rugby Morning uh, newsletter. Uh, real quick, just give our listeners a, a quick a briefing about it and also how they can get on to the newsletter. Let's do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Bill. Thank you very much Very generous of for, you. For those who don't know, the Rugby Morning is simply just a, five days a week I curate the, the top rugby news from around the world, put a little American point of view on it. Uh, and send it out it's just a, a good digest so you feel like you uh, don't miss and you're staying in the know on, on all things rugby and you can you can sign up for it it's free at rugbymorning.com
1: nice and and I also read it every morning over coffee uh, oftentimes on a a monday morning when I'm pushing out eagles by the numbers and to make sure to see if I got something wrong, because sometimes we'll have different numbers.
0: <laughs> your, your numbers are right. Yeah, your numbers are always right.
1: Uh, almost. Almost all the time, sometimes. <laughs> all right, let's get on to something that is right. Let's get. Let's jump into our first guest. He's here, uh, joining us first, fresh off, uh, his I think his first tour as head coach of the USA Women's Program. Could be wrong. Uh, let's all welcome Richard Asheville. Hey, Richard. Hey, guys. How's it
2: going? Doing great. How are you? Um, good, good. Still, still a little jet lagged, but uh, all good. How long have you been back? Uh, it's been a week, but okay. you know, with, with three young kids as well, doesn't allow <laughs> for uh, getting me back on the sleep schedule.
1: Nice. Were they able to travel with you?
2: Um, they they did come over for uh, a week and, and got to see the, the two matches, which was great, and be part of the jersey ceremony. Oh. So it was very good for me personally on that
1: front. Oh, I bet. That experience must be amazing, especially for the kids. Uh, you know, The last time we spoke back in January, um, you'd just taken over the, the, the role. Um, how's it been so far, fitting into that role? Um, a whirlwind It's, yeah. <laughs>
2: you know um, January, whenever you know you take over in January and um, you're told oh, you're going on tour and in March, like that's you know a couple of months away, no problem. and click your fingers and all of a sudden it's March. Yeah. Um, um, I mm. think um, we've learned a lot through the process. Um, we were able to to really dig deep into the you know wPL games, find some some new talent through the mm. college system, reconnect with sevens, reconnect with the age grades. And, uh, yeah, it's been frantic, but it's been uh, a lot of fun.
1: Can we ask you what the most difficult part's been?
2: Uh, time.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: sure every coach in the world will say the same thing, like time, you know. And then, then you know, obviously I'm in California. Uh, assistant coach Jamie Burks in Colorado. Katie Dowdy's in Hanover, New Hampshire. We have 20 players in England. You know, so trying to juggle time differences and people's schedules and um, – you know, and we're all still working our regular jobs as well, so it's uh, it's been a lot of spinning plates.
1: Right, so let's let's jump forward, Richard. Let's go right into Spain. Um, let's talk about the the initial match, the Spain match. Um, eight new caps, including our second half guest, mm-hmm. uh, Summer. Uh, a good chance uh, get new face into the mix. Is this was this the intent all along? You know, is it get him in now so you can already start building that base for twenty seven?
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we we did a World Cup review, and we were the oldest team at the World Cup. Mm. Um, and we knew we had to bring the age profile down um, and then obviously with uh, all the disruption of COVID um, we you know there's a big block of, of just development that was missed in, in players so we had to go and try and look to see if we could fill some holes um, and you know freshen up the squad and get us ready I and mean, what's a, a quicker turnaround of only three years so yeah eight caps against Spain um, and then our, our one against Canada so with nine total new caps um, which was which was really exciting. Um, I, I think they all integrated really well into the squad um, off the field, which was nice, and they got up to speed pretty quickly. Um, but it's a lot to take in, you know, in a one-week preparation into your first international match.
0: Yeah, Rich. Speaking of the the new caps nine, that's that's great, right? Fresh, fresh new new faces into the mix. How how, how well have the rookie players, if you want to call them that. How well have those younger players meshed with the veterans?
2: Really, really well, to be honest. And a, a lot of credit has to go to the veterans um, that they really took them under their wing. You know, um, <clears throat> one of the, uh, not the single out one player, but Maymay, uh, Singapore, was fantastic. And Hope, straight away, Hope Rogers took her under her wing, was reviewing film with her, was giving her tips and binds, was, you know, really invested in, in making sure she was getting the improvement. She needed in the assistance. And that, like they say, that was just one example. But there were so many of those examples of, you know, these young players um, really getting to see how some of these veterans go about their business, um, you know, day-to-day in their club life, but also how, how they act in an international environment as well, you know, in terms of recovery, um, how they eat, how, you know, everything, that, those little details that you maybe don't understand until you've been in that environment. Um, and That was really just awesome to see
0: yeah it was i mean speaking of awesome to see, it was really cool to see Sagopolo celebrate her, her her first cap and right who, who better to learn from than someone like hope rogers right who's who's played so well at such a high level i'm switching it up here a little bit but how how important is it for 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 you to, to lean on some of those veteran leaders on the team to help kind of like put the younger players under the wing so to speak
2: oh no it's huge it's really huge because we you know we we want we're all in this journey together and we want you know, I want my veterans on the bus with us and they help to, to really get those youngsters on board with us as well you know and by sharing that knowledge and you know hearing it from a peer um, is, is a lot different sometimes than hearing it from that coach you know and and hearing it in a different way with the context of you know I'm actually doing this in the scrum or I'm doing this in the line out the, you know, it's huge um, so the, the senior players are a massive resource For us and
1: getting everyone on board, and and like I say, they really stepped up and were really, really, really good at that. All right, so let's talk about a little of the bad news. uh, Loss to Canada. Uh, Canada seems to be one of, if not the toughest teams in the Pacific Four Series, at least. You know, a Mm -hmm. big defeat over South Africa the week prior, uh, and then your loss to Canada. Uh, You had some missed opportunities close to the try line, but you know, had some good possession in the game. Just, just not enough, obviously. What is it that, that you can do? I mean, obviously, if you knew it, you do it. But, I mean, what is it that Canada has that is hard to, 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 to grapple, to defeat? To
2: you know, they're, they're very, they were very well drilled. Their execution was, was really spot on. And they have a great platform at set pace. You know, and I think we, we looked at it. Um, one of our goals coming into the, into the series was we wanted to um, have, increase our gain line percentage and play in the right parts of the field. Two things we did really really well we upped mm. we upped our you know our stats there were really good um but we were you know 25 percent on our line out against canada i don't care what team you are in the world if you're operating your line at 25 percent, yeah it, it, you're going to struggle um and then you're know, just a little bit um being a little bit more clinical and, and once we hit that green zone in the 22. you know we um we even saw it against spain under less pressure you know, just errant passes, little mental errors, just going off script a little bit. And, and that's all part of the learning process. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, when you play against the Canada, those errors then get punished with tries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was tough. and You know, we we adjusted. Um, in the second half, we were happy with some of the adjustments we made. We were just a little frustrated that we didn't make adjustments through the game early on. And that's, you know, just inexperience. And, it's, again, that's just part of this journey. We're at the start of a cycle, and hopefully we take the lessons from that. And, you know, moving forward, we don't see the same problems happening over and over again.
0: Yeah, you mentioned, the, you know, it's the start of a, a new cycle, new players coming in. <clears throat> For some of those veterans who've, who've played in you know a previous cycle, I'm, I'm just thinking in the recent history against Canada, two very intense and, and very emotional matches at the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. i, I got to imagine – these losses to Canada must really be getting to the players, right? Especially some of those veterans who've lined up against them seemingly, you know, three times, right, in the last few months.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, and the, you know, familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> we, um, you know, we, we, we knew what was what was coming. Um, we we knew that they're, they have that strong platform. They kicked a lot less than they have done in the past, which was a little bit different. They did have some of their sevens players in, um, to add a bit more um, pace you know they're they're, they're 13 was straight out of the seven setup set up so they're trying to expand a little bit but yeah like, like I think and I think we we believe in our, our senior players do believe we have the the weapons to beat Canada um, but we know that it's going to take the execution to really be spot on on, on any given day because again they're a quality side that you don't execute they will punish you yeah,
0: yeah. I, I want to look forward here a little bit talk a little bit about the, the 2023 calendar got some some matches you know the pacific four series resumes again in july so, some big matches australia and new zealand um you know the, we're, we're getting some details on the W X V series well i guess my question and i'm getting to it is will there be some some other matches on the calendar before the the pacific four series resumes or can't can um, anticipate the eagles the women's eagles getting together again before then Matches
2: no. Um, we are hoping to do a top forty camp in the lead up uh, to that series um, for the for the players that are based in the US. Um, so we can have a, a look at some more players there, just cast our net a little wider. Probably some of our top under 23s maybe even some of our top under twenties. So we can have a look at them in that kind of environment um, in the lead up to that. To that, there is um, we are working with Canada, we may do some joint training sessions,
0: some things like that, but there will be no um,
2: test matches before Pac-4.
0: Got it, got it. Sorry, Bill, I think you were about to jump in, but I guess the the, the gist of that question is, as we've seen on the men's side, right, they're, they're trying to get more game time for, for the younger development players, you know, the USA Hawks, that's formed, you're very familiar with them. It'd be great, right, to see plans for a development squad or a series of of training for, for some of the younger women's Eagles who are in the player pool to be able to get game time. I guess that's kind of maybe a modified version maybe of what the USA Hawks are are trying to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, uh, the the under 23s will be going to South America in June. So you will see some familiar names from the senior team in there, you know, May, May May will be going there. Um, Kristen Bitter will be there. Emily Henrik will, be, you know, coming back from injury, will be going there. You know, there's, so there's some, and then a few more that will probably be in our top 40 camp potentially, even in pack four. Um, so the age grades are starting to ramp up again, and like I say, we're we're really working hard to make sure we're connected up and down the pathway. Um, so we're getting opportunities. You know, at all age grades, and then hopefully chances to bring them into senior, to expose them to some of the the sort of senior stuff as well.
1: You mentioned the uh, the camp for the USA based players, but just briefly talking about the the European based players. You know, over twenty players heading back to Europe or staying in Europe mm-hmm. um, to close out the Premier Fifteen season. Um, Edie just signed with sell Sharks. Eight Eagles now in that squad, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course there's other you know Talia uh, Brodie's in the championships. A couple of players in there who haven't been capped yet, also in Ireland and. Uh, one with London Irish, that kind of deal. Uh, uh, Should we or or could we expect to see more signings? I mean, that's already a lot of players.
2: Yeah. um, You know, they look across the the Atlantic and they see the athleticism and the potential and a lot of the talent that is here. So it doesn't surprise me. It's great that these opportunities are there. Ultimately, we would love for these opportunities to be on, you know, at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's brilliant that they've got this, but at the end of the day, they're developing players in an English model,
0: mm.
1: right?
2: And we need to develop players in an American model, um, which, you know, we're, we're probably a little bit away from yet. So we'll take the development opportunities as they come. It, it is great for all those players to live that life over there and really experience that and play different type of rugby. But I think long term, we've got to start looking to, to try and build a robust
1: competition here. Right. And earlier, we talked a bit about Hope Rogers and the veteran players. Uh, uh, you know, 44 caps or so right now for Hope, you know, uh, looking at her in Premiership or Premier 15s and, I, and you've known her for a while. How is that? I, I know it's an English uh, brand of rugby as you mentioned before, but have you seen maybe a remarkable uh, improvement in not just her uh, game but other European-based players?
2: Um, I think the big improvement we're seeing is in that rugby IQ side. You know, they're getting consistent mm. matches. Um, they're, they're getting different pictures. They are... Not every game is a foregone conclusion, which, you know, whether we want to be honest about a lot of WPL games, we know who the winner is going to be nine times out of 10. Um, And and that's, that's tough. So there, you know, you're grinding, you've got, you're learning how to maybe grind out a win against Saracens or Harlequins. Um, So there's definitely some of that resilience has been built up and then definitely the rugby IQ um, is, is improving. And that's just through getting to play regular rugby, which, now,
0: again, we'd love to see that here.
2: So hopefully, long term, we're going
0: to mm-hmm. see that. Bill was mentioning some of the veteran leadership who are playing in, in Prem fifteen. Of course, Rogers, JoJo, Linsky, Katie Benson. Nate, just to name three of them uh, that, right there. That's a pretty formidable uh, front row, and they they seem to really work well together. You know, in your your time with the Women's Eagles, which you know, kind of other pairings do you think work well together? Either in the halfbacks or the, or the centers.
2: Um it was really it was, you know, in the back row, Rachel Johnson and Kate Zachary, you know, um go go really well together. Um that they, they were really good. What's interesting is um Mackenzie Hawkins and Gabby Cantorna um, but their connection is through the age grades They came all through the age grades together, playing ten and twelve together. And you know, their communication and connection um both on and off the field was really, really good. And I think that's something we can we can build on. And then, you know. It was interesting the the two seasons as we called them summer and autumn, um, <laughs> coming in from sevens and bringing a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of, of a different perspective and and they were just a great addition and they were like a double act as well um, who fed off each other and then brought energy you know along to to the rest of the back three so uh, you know there's a lot of little combinations popping up and
1: it, it is exciting for us to see moving forward. Rich we, we were just talking about Kate Zachary for a second there and I'm still blown away at the fact that she didn't start playing until late in college uh, but looking at her and you mentioned her uh, um, number 8 or flank did you ever give it a thought maybe to put her in the centres I mean she's 6 <laughs> or 11 premier tries come yeah. from centre
2: <laughs> yeah you know we did we actually we did have that discussion uh, especially you know when you're you're figuring out do we have a 5-3 split in our bench or a 6-2 mm-hmm. um, what, it, what it really came down to was time um but you know in advance of we needed we felt we needed her leadership more in the forwards uh, on this camp um with because a lot of our young players were in there um and it was really we thought imperative and it wouldn't have been fair to her to be to not get time out in the backs. but yeah we like i i feel like kate if we said you want to play scrum half next week give her a couple of weeks she'll probably be working
0: <laughs> on guys you heard it here first kate zachary's yeah. playing scrum half <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> that would be quite the surprise there we won't put that on your rich, don't worry we're just let's uh we talked a little bit about the, the wpl and you talked a little bit about how you know it's great that um American players are playing over in England but that's developing an English system great to get more of them here playing more of an American brand of rugby so let's let's talk about the WPR that's that's kicking off the new season kicks off this weekend um are there teams or or certain players your staff will be will be scouting will you be uh traveling around the country this weekend attending some of those some of those matches
2: yeah so I'll, I'll be at the uh Berkeley All Blues Life West game this Saturday. It's up on Treasure Island, so it's a local one for me. So I'll I'll be heading up there. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's Letty Hangano who's been in the pool it's up there, Shelby Lynns at the All Blues. There's a couple of other, you know, players we'll be we'll be looking at. Um, you know, when we look at our our nine new caps, you you know, Talia Brody came for the WPL, Megan Noyan, Jed Hayward. Um, you know so we we definitely know there's there's talent there um, we just got to get out there and see it. Um, it there's a couple of players that uh, TRIU is going to be playing for New York this season which is big um, you know there's a couple other players um, that, that, that we probably don't even know yet and that's what we're kind of excited about so we're hoping that it's going to be a, a good competitive season and we can pick up a few more um players that, that maybe haven't been on the radar, which is, it seems to happen every year for us.
0: Yeah, uh, that's great. Hopefully you find some some gems. O- outside of the players competing in, in the Premier 15s, is the WPL the primary source to, to, to scout talent? It,
2: well, you know, it's the, the Premier competition in this country at the moment. But, but that being said, we still look at Division One, Division Two, college, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll look at sevens. I'm sure PR sevens. will, you know, if we've been talking to Richie Walker, PR sevens, about some of the talent he's been seeing. Um, you know, we're we're not closing ourselves off to anything, um, but it, it'll be great with the WPL going that we've got consistent games to watch over the next, you know, sort of
1: six weeks to really um, concentrate our, our recruitment for for that period of time. And speaking of sevens, we have the uh, Paris Olympic sevens coming up next year. Um, briefly mentioned summer or the, or the seasons of summer and autumn. I think that's great. Uh, we chatted a bit last time you were on also about players going back and forth from sevens and fifteens. But with those Olympics on the horizon, you know, there's going to be a kind of a time where they need to make a decision. Is that something you're coming into now when you uh, invite players to camp? You know, is there something they're thinking about right now? And do you have any influence over that?
2: Um, so I... I- you know, had a lot of close um or good conversations with Emily Bidewell and, and we'll go back and forth and chat about what we think is best for the player in terms of their development. She mm-hmm. understands that fifteens can help with development. As as I you know, there's some fifteens players I would love to get down to sevens for some some development. Um, you know, it a discussion. Um but, you know, and obviously the players gotta have input as well of where, where they want their journey to take them.
0: Yeah, I guess Rich for for, for the players I... Yeah, it's got to be a tough decision. Is it a, is it a a binary question where it's like, it's, yes, you have to do sevens in the Olympics or you have to turn that off as, and focus on 15s? Or is there a way for, for some of the players to try and do both? And what I mean by that is you've got the Olympics and then you know whatever happens next in, in, in 15s, looking towards the, the cycle for the World Cup.
2: Yeah, that's a really tough one because yeah. not, not, not every player is going to be capable of it mentally physically um you know, there's a lot of factors that come into it um i, th- I think you know at, at some point you'll you have to pick your road and, and go down it and you may you know you may be able to, to cross back over to the other side um but if you've got to give 100 percent, at some point you have to make a decision um but you know we we never close the door to either program i would say
0: got it good Jumping, uh, jumping back over to the to the college pathway quickly. Are you, are you still um, involved with the, the Stanford women's team?
2: Yes, yes, I am. I'm the current head coach there, uh, interim head coach there as well. Talk
1: I about guess being busy. Is, uh,
2: Jeez.
0: How are you finding time to get some
2: sleep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we um, our 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 men's side has just transitioned into sevens. So it's a they have a little bit more of a relaxed spring. The women are. Um, going into playoffs next week, they'll play GCU and BYU in the, the West Regional Playoff. So yeah, it's a it's a crazy time. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate. I've got some great um, people around me. Uh, Bitsy Kearns, former US Eagle, are still in the pool. Technically, is um, is mm-hmm. on the staff helping out. She's been a great um, ad. Josh Sutcliffe's still there helping out. Um, a bit more remote at the moment, but he's been great. And then say we've got some good local volunteer guys that helped take some of the load off me as well.
1: So, so we, it's, uh, it's it takes a village, you know. So, Richard, we'll, we'll just finish up here with a couple of uh, easy questions for you. Let's talk about Spain for a second. You yeah. you said you were able to get your family over there, which is great. So off pitch in your free time, what'd you do?
2: The best thing, well, we went to an Atletico Madrid game uh, oh, yeah. on, a, on a Sunday night. And I think... Uh, my 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 middle son, um, you know, for my sins, is soccer mad at the moment, um, and he was just this was the greatest thing I had in his life. So it was amazing <laughs> to see, you know, sixty thousand people jumping for ninety minutes. Um, that wow. was good, and then just you know a lot of the food and a lot of the different things. It was just yeah, it was
1: great. Really, it's a fun city. Now uh, my my daughter, who's a uh, uh, freshman college now, in her senior year in high school, her class she did a class trip to Spain. And I wonder if you ran into this problem with your kid. Um, they try to oftentimes they try to give her wine. <laughs> She's like, I'm I'm just eighteen. It's like, ah, oh, you can drink that here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my, my kids are a bit younger, so you yeah. know, they're still just on beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny, Richard, because every time it seems on this show, we always somehow the conversation always goes to food. So I gotta ask, what was the best food dish you had while you were in Spain out there? Um,
2: I, I think I'll butcher the Spanish but it was uh, huevos jamón rotas which is like mm. sliced potatoes with ham and eggs on it and it was just unbelievable but all the tapas, all the seafood, everything was just was great, I was surprised there were so many skinny people in Spain with all that quality food <laughs> yeah that's a good
0: point you go over there and you're just eating the good food <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Richard Ashfield, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, been, a, been a blast talking to you about uh, Spain, about uh, Canada, and about the future as well. Um, get some sleep. Uh, you're going to need awesome. it because you've got a long time checking in now. <laughs> long good time yeah, that's good. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, right. Rich. Bye. All right, right there was Richard Ashfield, the USA Women's Rugby Interim Head Coach. And again, just to recap, we, we had a, a great time talking about the trip there at the beginning of the Pacific Four Series um and some very important questions like um you know what did he eat over in spain did his, his kids get fed alcohol did
0: <laughs> and stuff like that well this is why we're up for awards for podcast awards because we ask it's, the the, <laughs> the most important questions
1: yeah, so we might be getting banned eventually but right now we're up for awards <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listener, we really appreciate you tuning in to these replays of Twitter Space's U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half and previous shows here on your favorite podcast player. Also, please like, subscribe, or follow and leave us a five-star review that helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, what are you waiting for? Go check out the other shows.